Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie, Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Leonard. And we want to welcome back Susan from Shining237 slash Rosemary's Baby 666. Hey guys again. Thank you for welcoming me back. Uh, this is Minute 102 of Fright Night. It begins with a return to normalcy and ends with the triumphant return of Peter Vincent. So, uh, we start with a familiar shot. Uh, it's kind of how the movie opened. <laughs> uh, the camera is now down, going from the Dandridge house to the Brewster house, and then towards Charlie's window, and we, we hear a TV. And, uh, and, and, I don't know, a reminder, uh, and I don't know if you knew this, Susan, but all the, the spooky music, anything coming from the TV set, the sound, is usually uh, composer Brad Fidel. Uh, that's his work. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and uh, usually they they cut things from trailers, and I think I I read this uh, trivia fact that I don't know if it's a fact or not, but like you could get away with putting footage from a movie in your movie as long as it's from the trailer. Huh. <laughs> so I don't know if that's so true, but. Um, it's, oh. I, I just assumed everything was recreated. You know, it wasn't any, any of it. None of it was based on anything real. Well, I mean, we do see Christopher Lee on a, on a screen. Oh, we uh, do. Oh, I didn't notice mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and uh, there's another movie we'll we'll be talking about in the next minute. It looks like. Um, <clears throat> So, and we also hear some uh, some birds, and I, I swear, like one of them starts tweeting, and it sounds like a cell phone notification. I don't know; <laughs> it really sounds a lot like it I can. It didn't in nineteen eighty five. Yeah, nobody was checking their phones in the theater. <laughs> Time traveler. Yeah, that's a grip on the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's probably a film nerd that decided to go back in time and was just like, I gotta see, like, Fright Night in the theater. Listen, man. Opening night. If that film nerd is watching this right now, I want him to take us back. May I remind (laughs) you, may I remind you that Back to the Future came out the same year, so the Mm -hmm. technology was there. That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, just the fact that he's the time traveler sitting in the theater and these bird noises goes off and he immediately checks his phone and he's like, oh, wait. Uh, so we go into the camera goes back into Charlie's room. It's again, familiar. We see Charlie and Amy on the bed kissing and we hear from the TV, a very clever quote. I thought, I don't know. Did you notice this one, Susan? Um, I'm forgetting. What is it? He goes, you hear, you hear dialogue going, look, it's going in a circle. We're right back where we started from. Oh, no, I didn't notice that. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I think they do that a lot, right? They do little, the, the, the little bits of uh, pieces on TV fit with whatever's going on right yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's, a, that's always a cute touch uh so we hear the familiar strings of the the fright night theme that bum bum ba-da. uh and ladies and gentlemen fright night theater and the uh, the two stop kissing when they hear a familiar voice uh this is peter vincent back once more with you as host of fright night and it's we see little peter climbing out of his coffin and the creaky gates of the cemetery are opening, and uh, yeah, everything's good again. Um, I did notice uh, we were looking. Bring the bring. Okay, back to the uh, in front of the bed. Sorry. Yeah, if you notice when you're looking at Charlie and Amy on the bed, um, uh-huh. 
to the right, and st- we we made a joke about the fact that off of one of his bedposts was just a sneaker. Sneaker, yeah. <laughs> and now instead of the sneaker, is uh, hangs Amy's short sleeved red, red button up top that yeah. she wore at the beginning of the movie. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Charlie is actually wearing his faded pink button-up shirt he wore at the beginning of the movie, too. So I'm wondering if they just filmed these two scenes back-to-back and just kept the same <laughs> yes. clothes on, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, notably, uh, Charlie's professor sports coat, which was hanging over the chair near the window at the beginning of the movie, is now just thrown over the nightstand, you know, as if they just, like, tore each other's clothes. Or at least his jacket got torn off and, <laughs> and all the teenage lust. What is that sold here poster? Do you know what that is? It's got to be some sort of car thing. He's got car things all over the place. Yeah. He never talks about cars. He drives, well, what turns out to be uh, Tom Holland's uh, (laughs) old car. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But it looks like car parts or something. BQM maybe? B-O-M? Yeah. Something car related. I'd like to know what books he's reading. We're not close enough to see that. Maybe they're school books. Are you sure that's his? That doesn't look like his professor professor joke. That looks like a bomber jacket. Oh real? Oh yeah, it is little. Oh geez. Well, I was watching it on my laptop screen. Now we have it blown up on your giant Mac screen. So right. I think. What? I think that might be. Uh, yeah. I think that's. I I just noticed he has a double bed. Who has a double bed when they're a teenager? <laughs> Lucky. Yeah. I I also love that they're like let's let's finally get do the deed, but we'll leave the TV on again because that that went just fine last yeah, time. Yeah, that worked last time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, like that. I like that they never say, "Here's the scene where they lose their virginity," you know, yeah, which is so. It's that became a real big cliche, like in oh, all these yeah. young people movies. So, mm-hmm. and the sequel. And in fact, speaking of the sequel, I believe that was the scene in the sequel. So, mm. I mean, not the sequel, the, uh, the remake. remake yeah. The remake, yeah. Uh, so Charlie and Amy, yeah, they're happy to see Peter back on the screen again. And I'm just going to go back to the novelization because I mean, they're looking pretty good. They're just fine. Uh, novelization says Charlie and Amy are covered in cuts and bruises. Uh, Peter on screen is actually wearing a neck brace. (laughs) Wow. And they gave some, I mean, you know, in the movie, Peter loses his job, uh, because I know he can't, he, he just wants to show, you know, old scary vampire movies and they want to move on and do some space age stuff. And, and oh yeah. And of course, you know, teenage slasher movies, you know, pe- people in ski masks, killing babysitters and stuff right. like that. So he lost his job. So they actually detailed that, um, a stagehand had to take over his job uh, <laughs> and, uh, the entire teenage population of Rancho Corvallis protested. And that's how Peter Oh, got his cool. job back. Yeah. Aww, the kids all rallied to get him back up there on the screen again. That's awesome. <laughs> but, you know, he does say, I thought I'd let the vampires rest for a little while. And then he leans into the camera and says, right, Charlie? And gives like a cheeky little wink. Yeah. <laughs> so Adorable. It, it almost seems like, you know, from the movie's point of view, that he's just like, obviously, very tired of <laughs> vampires yeah. uh, at this point. But also like, fine. Let's let's play with you know space age stuff and you know uh, he's learned to adapt rather than you know be, right. be swept aside. Right, uh, and he's going to start showing movies that do not star himself. <laughs> right, 
so he goes on and he says, you know, and and yeah, after the right Charlie, the the couple starts kissing again, and he, he just keeps going on. He says, tonight the threat comes not from beyond the grave, but from the beyond the stars as alien, and it kind of ends there. But I love this. Yeah, again, the whole change and adapting. Um, I would love to see Peter Vincent in like you know like a space age suit, suit not not like a astronaut's uniform, but like maybe a Star Trek suit or something, <laughs> like hosting these movies. Doctor Doctor Smith from uh, Lost yeah. in Space kind of vibe. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly where my mind went to when I <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're kind of tired of vampires. We're going to space, and uh, that's really all I have for uh, this minute. What do you? Oh my gosh, we haven't gone very long, have we? It's okay. I can put uh, I can put filler noises. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can ex- excise my run through the 1985 movies and put it here instead. You know, like, dude, that's right. what I would. That's what I would do. Uh, <laughs> well, that's up to you, Len. I don't know. We have anything else we really want to talk about at all? I mean, it, this is just kind of wrapping up the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just I guess uh, you know, just getting. Uh, so I know you're going to talk a lot more about the remake um, yeah. after during the credits, but um, I just want to say, I Amanda Bierce too. I love her that she's. I love that they're all nerds. You know, they're normal. They're. I think that's another reason this movie was very charming yeah. and connected with a lot of people. Was that these were not the cool kids and they were the normal kids and amanda bierce is not gorgeous but she's you know just a cute girl next door and not even like classic girl next door just you know almost a geeky girl next door um and that was a little heartbreaking that they in the remake of course they had to make him have a gorgeous gorgeous way out of his league girlfriend um they play on that Mm. a little bit where you know he's so the guy who who is the substitute for evil now he's rejected him you know because he's too cool for evil um but i this is a much better setup this 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 original story is a much better setup where everybody's a nerd evil is just what a beautiful character that is you know just yeah uh, just um you know you know he's he's probably poor that's why he's excited about that eight bucks when he gets it um you know you never you never see his you know his parents which in the remake they show his parents it's like lisa loeb for some reason and someone else and um you know and i like that you never see evil's parents here because you feel like he's kind of a latchkey kid kind of guy you know you get that feeling and it makes it you know we just these little touches you know make you feel this character that that he you know this this sort of you know when danger tried to convert to convert him into vampirism he um you know points out that he's made fun of and, and beaten up and whatever um and so when his death scene comes and roddy mcdowell is so just his heart is breaking as he's watching this kid die uh, yeah. oh my god that's yeah, speaking of you know horror movie death scenes. That's that's a really I mean it's weirdly moving. The fact that they made that scene so moving is pretty impressive, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, it, it was fun talking about that for like three episodes. I think because he yeah. dies yeah. so slowly, uh, but there's so many awesome effects involved. And then just watch, just watching Roddy McDowell's face as he's yeah. observing it with like curiosity and then sadness and then you know like horror. You know, it just it runs 
through all of them, and then finally just the he's just a boy laying there. Yeah, dead. there's magic in this movie. At no time do I feel like there's bad acting. There's, yeah, you know, and if there is, it's on purpose. You know, it's uh, <laughs> obviously that's why we're doing this. It's one of our favorites. Yeah, I, I do wish we checked back in with Judy at the end of this movie. Yeah, you don't. The we don't come back to Judy Brewster. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She's a very. That's a great character, and uh, yeah, they they could have used her a little a little more consistently to the end. But that's true. But. Yeah, or at least give her a little scene here at the end, saying "Charlie." Right, just sticking, right, just sticking her head in the door and being annoying and like having no idea what just happened. Yeah, or just the scene from the novelization where she just walks in and sees his body, and just yeah, put your Charlie in right there. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or maybe because we know his body is not there anymore, we're about to find out. Maybe she comes in and just sees the stain and the broken shit and screams. Right? Yeah, that's true. There wouldn't be a body there, would there? No. The spoilers, folks, if you're watching this one minute at a time. <laughs> I'm not sure how, but... Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think that's all we have for today, but uh, we'll move on to... I mean, I think we're just eager to get to the final minute of this movie. <laughs> I have so much more trivia, I don't want to spoil it. So uh, thank you, Susan, for joining us today. Thank you so much. And you want to give a little plug for your podcast? Sure. The Shining 237 and Rosemary's Baby 666, both of them at com, and you get to the website or, of course, your favorite podcatcher, and I'm on Facebook and Twitter. I'm telling you, folks, listen to Shining 237. Uh, you know, obviously, Rosemary's Baby, but... I was just wondering, even Len doesn't know this, she actually recorded a podcast in the Stanley Hotel. Whoa. <laughs> I did, I did. Yes, thank you so much. That was awesome. Uh, so as for us, uh, we'll put a stake in it. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at Fright Night Men. Send your feedback to FrightNightMinute at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, I'm Robin. I'm Jack Torrance. I'm, I'm Shelly Duvall. Or, no, I'm, I'm Wendy. Wendy, Wendy. <laughs> Oh, thanks for listening. Have a fright night, everyone. I just want to bash your brains in. <laughs> He's a vampire. A what? <laughs> <laughs> You're so cool, Brewster.